0: Welcome to Mindful Recovery, a podcast dedicated to helping you live mindfully and abundantly in the world around you. Welcome to episode one of Mindful Recovery. I'm really glad to have you here. I'm Robert Cox. I'll be your host. This podcast is dedicated to walking with you on your journey of recovery from trauma and addiction. Before we get started today, I did want to mention that I don't intend this walk we're doing together to be a replacement for therapy. At times, the work that we do here, the things that we discuss, are going to trigger cravings or trigger emotional responses from the past, trigger trauma. And you really, at that time, need to be in a face-to-face counseling situation. This is not a replacement for counseling. Rather, I see it as a tool to help you along that journey in counseling. That said, in this episode, I wanted to start with some information about how our brains work and how that can trigger the anxiety response, the fight or flight. Um, I wanted to geek out a little bit with you on neuroscience for a little while, but I hope to keep this interesting and refreshing. And I think we'll find that this information can really help us down the road by allowing us to understand some of what's going on. And then we'll come back at the end of the podcast and use an exercise in mindfulness to begin regulating that triggered space. So to get started, I want to talk about some very basic educational information about anxiety, trauma in the brain, and our emotional responses to triggers. Whether those triggers are emotional or cueing our addictions, they're generally bringing feelings and anxieties right out of the past into our present. And it can really feel as if we're right back in that dangerous place where we were hurt, and the cravings come fast, they come strong and hard, for those of us dealing with addiction issues. So before we begin, as a little visual aid, I would like to suggest you download my file called The Emotional Brain from the podcast website www.mindfulrecoverypodcast.com. It can be found in the file area for Podcast One. Or you can download it from my website at www.liferecoveryconsulting.com and go under the downloadable forms to trauma and the brain section, and you'll see the map there. The file itself is a map of the brain that we're going to use to discuss what happens when anxiety is triggered and how we can begin using mindfulness to reverse that process. So I'm going to give you a second to pause the podcast and download that file, and then we'll return. Great, now that we have the file, Let's begin looking at the parts of the brain responsible for creating our anxiety, post-traumatic stress states, and cravings. If you look at the lower portion of the brain where the amygdala and the thalamus reside, this is where it all begins. This is the limbic region of the brain and its entire point is to keep us safe in the world and regulate emotional responses accordingly. The thalamus is that kidney-shaped feature right in the center of the picture. It constantly scans your senses of touch, sight, smell, and taste in order to watch for potential dangers, and it sends those signals to the amygdala if it senses danger. Then the amygdala responds to danger by raising our heart rate, speeding our respiration, our muscles tense, we become hyper-focused on every sight and sound. This is a great response to have if we're being chased by a tiger. (laughs) but perhaps it's not so helpful in the checkout lane at Walmart. But for individuals dealing with trauma, this reaction can start at any time without having any rhyme or reason behind it. I cannot count the number of times I've had clients who tell me that they started the day happy, and the next thing they knew, they were stressed and anxious and felt like just running away somewhere, or they had cravings so bad that it pushed them into relapse. Inevitably, we were able to sit together in my office, slow down, and piece together what the trigger was that created this response. And it's generally tied to some dangerous situation or trauma from the past. Something in the environment around them, a sight, a smell, a sound, reminded them of a traumatic event in the past, and the thalamus signaled the amygdala that it has recognized that stimulus, and they were off to the anxiety races. This anxiety response happens because the brain simply goes on overload at times when trauma or some perceived trauma occurs. To keep the body safe, the amygdala takes over the process of decision-making and it pairs it down to simple reactions to get out of the way or to respond to the danger, fight or flight. Look now at the frontal lobe of the brain on your picture. This is the part of the brain responsible for reasoning for thinking about our actions before simply reacting to the world around us. It's the part of the brain that says, maybe I'm too old to try bull riding anymore. That part of the brain goes entirely offline when the amygdala takes over. It literally shuts it down, and our response to the danger becomes more instinctual than reasoned. And we're now in a place where we're responding to stimulus rather than thinking about and choosing how we want to react. As we talked about previously, this amygdala response can increase our heart rate, cause us to begin sweating, make our breathing rapid and shallow, our body begins to prepare for the attack. The interesting thing is that the amygdala is telling the body that it needs to prepare for danger. But we know from research that through mindfulness practice, If we regulate the body, we can rewire the limbic system of the brain. By regulating our breathing, we are telling our brain everything's okay. By regulating our body and slowing down the processes, by paying attention to our heart rate and our breathing and using biofeedback, our body is literally telling the amygdala in the brain that there's no reason to be afraid, that the emergency response is not necessary. And this process brings back on the prefrontal cortex of the brain and we begin to make rational decisions once more. So now that we're done with the brain science and your head's completely full, let's take a little breath and relax and let's work on the mindfulness aspect. Let's work on how we regulate that space when we get triggered. Let's talk about how we're able to sit with this uncomfortable emotion long enough that we can slow the body down, get the brain back online, and start making decisions that are actually good for us. Because often when we're in that triggered space, we go from, I can't pay this bill today to, I should be able to, I'm a bad person, it's a year from now and I'm living under a bridge, right? Right? We all know that feeling, that it all runs away with us. So the exercise we practiced last week was a really good exercise in grounding, bringing us back to the moment. Okay, not being able to pay this bill today is not the end of the world. Not being able to meet expectations I have for myself today is not the end of the world does not mean I'm going to end up homeless in a year. So we can really start to slow down, ground ourselves in the present, bring the brain back online and start to make rational decisions about what we want to do in the current and the present moment. So last week, we practiced a really good grounding exercise that works when we're out in public or we're at work and we feel triggered back in an anxious state or we're having cravings that we don't want to be thinking about all day. And so we use that exercise just to bring us back to the here and the now and reground back in this place. But I want to work today on an exercise that we can use every day that will help to eventually create a lower kind of ground state for our anxiety so that we start the day out more refreshed and and perhaps less anxious, and we have a little more room to play with before we go to that emotionally dysregulated kind of panicked state. So if you're at home, I want you to just find a comfortable place to sit, um, just kind of put your feet on the ground and let yourself feel rooted there in your chair or on your couch. Um, I suggest you sit up and that you not be driving while you're doing this exercise. And we want to start just like we did with the last exercise, just by watching our breath go in and out of our lungs. And we want to count to ourselves as we breathe in through our nose. One, two, three, four, And then as we breathe out through our mouths, we count four, three, two, one. And all the while, we're paying attention only to the air that's filling our lungs, the sensation of our lungs and chest expanding, and how it feels when it contracts and the air comes out. So we're going to do three or four of these deep breaths, counting one, two, three four and then out four three two one and we're going to start this exercise by just noticing how our body feels we're going to kind of do a full body scan and feel for any points of tension in the body that we might have we're going to start by feeling our feet root into the ground and as we breathe out and we count four three two One, We feel ourselves really grounding, really sinking into the chair that we're sitting in. Our bodies become much more relaxed. And now we start with the feet, and we notice if there's any tension in there. If we have any tension in our feet or our ankles, as we breathe out, we breathe through that tension. Four, three two one and we just feel it melt away we feel our feet relax and now we want to notice our legs up to our knees and our knees which can become achy and we really notice if there's any tension there anywhere and if there is again we just want to breathe through that tension four three two one and now up to our hips and our lower back so everything from our hips and our lower back all the way to our feet we want to notice if there are any spots of tension here and just breathe through that and four three two one we're gonna move up the back into the mid back region and feel it relax. And as we breathe out, we're gonna feel the tension that we might carry in that mid-back, any soreness, just melt away as we breathe in and breathe out. And as we breathe out, we feel ourselves sink lower into the chair. Four, three, two, one. Now we're going to move up, and we're going to feel for any tension in our shoulders and our neck, and we're going to breathe through that tension and just feel our shoulders sink downward towards the ground as we move towards that relaxed ground state, and we're just going to breathe out and breathe through any tension, Four, three, two. One. Now I want us to focus on our shoulders. All the way down our arms to our hands. Feel our neck relax. Where we hold so much tension sometimes. And as we breathe out, we breathe through that tension. And we feel everything, our arms being pulled to the ground. To our relaxed ground state. Four. Three, two, one. Now we're gonna move from the neck up into the head. It's odd how often we can carry so much tension in our scalp and our facial muscles. And we're just gonna feel all of those relax. The muscles behind the eyes are gonna release any tension that we might have from the stress of the day And we're going to breathe through that and feel it melt away in four, three, two, one. Now I want you to take a few more deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth so we get that cyclical breathing going. We're just going to feel that relaxation over our whole body. We're going to remind ourselves that we're in the here and now. We're grounded in this place, in this present moment. This is all there is. We're going to take another breath and breathe out. Three, two, one. And I want you to start to come back to the present moment. Open your eyes if they've been closed. Look around. Kind of take in the place around you. Maybe integrate the activity we did last week in noticing the three things to ground yourself in the present more securely. And I'm hoping you found that relaxing. This is an exercise that can be used every day to lower our daily stress states, especially if we start out In the morning, you know, um, if you're like me, you're a coffee person and you're not apt to give that up. But maybe if we add this, we can counteract some of the stress of the caffeine in our bodies. Um, If we practice every day, every day we practice this technique, sometimes several times a day. The more you do it, the more addictive you're going to find it becomes, and it's a great replacement And if we do this every day, we're going to find before long that we just naturally are calmer when upsetting things happen, that they don't quite get to us as quickly, that we're able to create that emotional space where we're not so reactive and we can start becoming more proactive in the world around us. So I suggest to most of my clients that they use this exercise two or three times a day. Generally, I like to suggest we practice around mealtime If we haven't eaten often, and then we try to practice, we find ourselves hungry, that can be very distracting. So I suggest that we eat before we practice, unless you have issues with emotional eating, and then often we can use this exercise before meals, and we find that our meals become more mindfully focused on eating appropriately. The point being that if we practice this continually we're going to find these lower anxiety states each day. And then if we do find ourselves triggered through the day, we can use the tool we learned last week to ground ourselves in the moment. This is such a simple exercise. As you've noticed, it only took about six or seven minutes. And we can use it anywhere, on break, at work, over our lunch hour, in the mornings, at night. It's a fantastic way to relax enough To be able to go to sleep, if we tend to go to bed with our minds racing and unable to fall asleep, this is a great exercise for doing that. So, that's it for this week. Thank you again for listening. In the coming weeks, we're going to have some interviews with some real experts in the area. Um, We're going to have someone on speaking about sexual addiction in a few weeks. An area that I have not specialized in that I'm really interested in learning from him about. Um, In addition, next week, we're going to do an exercise learning how to distance ourselves from some of the emotional trauma a little bit in those moments when we feel overwhelmed or we're even in a quiet place where we can sit and think about those moments for a while but want to do it in a safer way. We're also going to cover next week how we cope with cravings that get brought up, whether they're brought up by trauma or they're brought up by maybe seeing old friends Or being in old playgrounds, around old playmates. You know, those things that we... It's inevitable at times that we're going to come across. But they begin to trigger cravings in us. So how do we deal with that? How do we create the emotional space to, as we learned, begin to shut down the limbic region, allow the frontal brain to kick in, and allow us to start making better decisions in our lives. Maybe wait out those cravings. So I've really enjoyed being with you today. I look forward to the next few weeks. I hope you keep tuning in to this podcast. And I hope most of all that you're finding it really helpful in your journey down the road to recovery. I would like to thank you again for coming to this podcast, Mindful Recovery, and joining for a brief journey into the world of your recovery with me. I really appreciate when my clients allow me to walk with them on that journey And I'm hoping the tools you find here can be very helpful. To find out more about what I do, you can visit my website at www.liferecoveryconsulting.com. Or for additional tools and missed episodes of this podcast, you can go to www.mindfulrecoverypodcast.com thanks again for joining me this week. I look forward to seeing you next week on Mindful Recovery.